ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Thursday, October 29th, and your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste. We've got only 96 calories to tell you about. It is the original light beer. We weren't with you yesterday, for those of you uh, tuning in, uh, because we had... NASCAR playoff action. We took the ball and ran with it from our sister station. And we get to hear Kyle Busch win for the first time this season to extend a 16-season streak. However, his penalized teammate missed a chance to secure a spot in the championship of the NASCAR playoff race. Things started, what, last week it felt like? And it went into the wee hours for us last night. So I'm glad that uh, they finally got that over with. But we move on tonight. We have Thursday night football coming up. It'll be the Atlanta Falcons at Carolina Panthers. We'll have the game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So looking forward to that one coming up tonight. And we've got college football action this weekend, except if you're the Thundering Herd. And we begin college football action tonight. South Alabama taking on Georgia Southern. That's coming up at 7.30 p.m. And then Colorado State at Fresno State. That's going to be a 10 o'clock game. And both those games are going to be televised by either ESPN or CBS Sports Network. Our game, of course, you can listen to it. We go on the air. 8 o'clock will be our airtime for that one. So looking forward to all of that action there. Actually, I think kickoff is going to be around 8.20 or so. So uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. Looking forward to it. What we're going to get into today, we're going to focus on basketball. I had a chance to catch up with a couple of the guys over at the Cam Henderson Center. Again, things are a little bit different than they were. Basketball is where it all started, and we've come full circle. We're getting ready for the new season. Of course, don't know when that new season will officially begin. Will it begin earlier, or will it stick with the Conference USA schedule? I mean, that's still up in the air right now. It's total speculation. I could tell you one thing, and it could change tomorrow. And I could tell you another thing tomorrow, and that might change right back to the thing it was the day before. Nobody knows right now. But we do know the conference schedule begins December 31st, and I'm sure that we'll have sort of a a better idea of what it's going to look like, how many people, if any, will be allowed at the Cam Henderson Center to cheer on the Thundering Herd. It could be a completely different situation. Think of it this way, though. Unlike... A couple other conferences, there might be an opportunity for you to go see the Thundering Herd play because the Mountain West Conference released their 18-game conference schedule earlier this month. Now they are planning on doing something along the same lines like the West Coast Conference is thinking about. They're looking at a bubble format in Las Vegas for their league season. This is something that has intrigued the Mountain West, it looks like. And so you could see maybe a couple of leagues, a couple of conferences having a bubble. And I'm talking about a genuine bubble unlike what we've seen. Now, baseball got lucky, got out of the World Series before it really came down to, okay, we've got a COVID-19 infection here and we might have to shut this thing down. They got it over with with an infection. 
NHL got it clear. NBA got through it clear. Uh, the NFL we've seen have struggles. We've seen college football have struggles. And so college basketball having some time on its side here to figure out what it wants to do as a entity or just what individual conferences want to do. And so the West Coast Conference is looking at a bubble format in Las Vegas for its league season. And the Mountain West might be thinking about it as well. So they're talking about it right now. The proposal that the West Coast Conference is looking at is to bring all 10 teams to Las Vegas for two and a half weeks, eight games each. Then return to your campus for a couple of weeks without games, and then you get to go back for the second half of the 16-game conference schedule. Interesting, to say the least. Now, the hang-up here is, of course, you want to see games. You want them to play, but you want to be there. That's probably the big hang-up for a lot of schools is, okay, we can't do this safely with fans, so we're going to try to work it out so we can maybe have a couple of fans here. They're going to be sitting really far away. You know, Maybe they are going to be some arenas that can accommodate it. Maybe fans are going to be in the skyboxes only. You don't know what master course is going to be a requirement at all times, and that has to be enforced because, again, the kids are in a protocol. You're not. I'm not in a protocol. I'm not going to be let anywhere near student-athletes anytime soon. I'm not in a protocol. Now, if I was in protocol with these young men, that'd be a completely different story. But since you're not in a protocol, I'm not in a protocol, they're not going to let us near them. Not going to be anywhere near them on the sidelines, not in the lower bowl, I would imagine. I don't know. I still don't know what the game plan is going to look like because it's so fluid right now. But what the Mountain West is looking at, and maybe Conference USA could go to this. I don't know. They're looking at a series of smaller bubbles of shorter duration with a regional focus, maybe sending half the teams to Las Vegas and the other half to say, uh, for example, and this is out of uh, the San Diego Union-Tribune, they're reporting, saying maybe Colorado Springs could be a possibility. And uh, this is an interesting proposal, unlike what Conference USA is doing. You play your travel partner home and away, and then you're going to play host to four conference teams for a couple of games each, and then you're going to be on the road at four different Conference USA locations. I don't know if that's more of a let's save money on the travel portion of this, if that's a cost-cutting measure there. Also, okay, you can... Go here, stay contained for a few days, and then go back to your campus, or you can get ready to go on the road. Everybody's got a different formula for how to make this work. And so that's where we're at right now. And again, I don't even know if we're going to have a conference schedule, if everything's going to fall apart, if we're going to have a non-conference schedule. I, I can't answer those. Nobody can right now. I mean, we don't have a schedule yet. And even if we did have a schedule, there's nothing written in stone on those schedules because those could change. Just ask Marshall and FIU right now. The schedule is so fluid. And I've seen this, by the way. I've seen several suggestions on Twitter for games that can be played. Just play it. I saw Chattanooga being thrown up there. Marshall and Chattanooga. I've seen Marshall Liberty. I've seen all kinds of games. And I'm sure Mike Hamrick's working on a schedule as best he can. But you do have in Conference USA, you have a couple of weeks after what would have been 
the end of the conference slate and going into the championship game. So you got a couple of weeks. I imagine you're going to have one home game with Rice to make that game up, and you're going to have one road game with FIU to make that up, depending on how many more open dates are caused by schools like FAU, FIU, or whichever school comes down with a COVID-19 issue that prevents them from playing. And of course, it impacts the whole schedule because now Marshall, thankfully, put a game on the schedule and will be in action next week. So there's not a two-week layoff here. So that was some really smart thinking on the part of the athletic department to get that on the schedule. So, okay, this is an open week now. Half of the week or a good portion of the week was focused on trying to get ready for FIU. Now that came to a halt. What you do is you start switching and getting ready for the next game. Maybe you give the team a couple of days off. I don't know. I don't know what you do if you're Doc Holliday, how you work that out. But I'm sure you've got a game plan in place and you've got a schedule and a rhythm of things you want to do because, well, just let's be honest. Today is Thursday, and today in Doc Holliday's mind, it's Friday. Thursday is Friday in Doc Holliday's world because he's trying to keep these kids on a routine, so He's got a different clock in his head, and he gets everyone on board with it right now. So Friday, which would have been the game, that would have been Saturday in Doc Holliday's mind because he's trying to keep these kids on a schedule. By the way, the Doc Holliday show is coming up tonight. We'll have it for you right here at ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I had a couple of people ask me, uh, are they still going to do the coaches show? And yes, the coaches show is happening tonight. So we'll have it for you, and then we'll go into Thursday night football. We go on the air at 8 o'clock with the Falcons and the Panthers broadcast. You can listen to that in its entirety right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So speaking of football, and we're going to get into basketball here in a few minutes. But speaking of football, the Mid-American Conference coming down with what you need to do to be eligible for the conference title. So the word comes out today. Teams in the Mid-American Conference must play a minimum of three games to be eligible to win the league title. you got a six-game slate, conference only. It begins on November 4th, championship set for December 18th. And because of the schedule, the conference said that winning percentages will be used to determine divisional tiebreakers followed by head-to-head results. If needed, the league would then work through its normal tiebreaker policy. If games are canceled, the MAC could try to reschedule them despite not having bye weeks, but it would depend on the timing and the circumstances surrounding each team. Now, Right now, if Marshall goes undefeated, I don't think if you have a a, a game that's missing on the schedule, you could say, look, Marshall's not the East Division champ. Of course they are. If they go undefeated through the schedule, they're the champ. If they're missing one game. For example, if we get to that point where Marshall's beating everybody that's still on the schedule, and then you got FIU and you have Rice on the schedule— do you think, okay, we've got to play those two? But what if you got a two game lead on everybody? What if you have a lead on everybody in the division? At that point, I'm, I'm saying crown, crown them. But you got to go through the process, obviously. 
you got to play Rice, and you got to hope that you come out on top. I wouldn't think that Marshall wouldn't, and then you got to play FIU, and you got to come out on top. And again, I wouldn't think that you wouldn't. Yeah, this is uh, advantageous for the Thundering Herd, though. Right now, you get some time off and get ready for the rest of the slate. At the same time, let's be honest. Florida's a hot spot right now. A lot of places are hot spots right now. And Marshall, don't want to put the herd in that situation because you, you get into that situation and then you bring it back or you, know, you inadvertently, after you play FIU, you come back and somebody is um, infected. Because that was something we've talked about a lot. It's not Marshall we're worried about. We're not worried about Marshall. We have faith in what Marshall has come up with. And I've said it several times. Whatever the plan is, it's working for Marshall. Marshall has put together a solid plan. Doc Holliday has, by sheer will of personality, probably gotten into these kids' heads just to say, look, this is what happens when you don't follow the rules and don't do the right things. And so right now Marshall has shown some success on the football field. You've got a top 25 ranking. People are talking about you. Everything's going well, even though you're not going to play this weekend. you got to worry about the other teams, and that's where these basketball bubbles are starting to come in. You can put these kids in sort of a lockdown, and it's going to be easier for basketball than it would be for football. I mean, you can't bubble football. You just can't do it. I don't see how you could. You can't just bubble that many people and this type of sport. Basketball, you, know, you could put them in a bubble situation, play through a, a series of games, then take a couple weeks off and then get right back at it. Makes sense if you can pull it off. Speaking of basketball, we're going to turn our attention to herd basketball. We've got a couple of player interviews we want to get to. Later on, we'll get your phone calls in as well. I appreciate you tuning in to today's edition of The Drive for this Thursday, October 29th on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. We continue on with your Thursday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't forget, coming up tonight, it's going to be the Doc Holiday Show. No game, but still, the Doc Holiday Show will continue on. And then right after that, we'll have Thursday Night Football for you as it'll be the Falcons taking on the Panthers. Airtime for us will be 8 o'clock kickoff set for 8.20 p.m. NFL football all season long right here at ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So we're going to start with basketball. And got a chance to catch up with a couple of guys today. We're going to hear first from, and again, you got to realize uh, these kids have been in a, a unique situation. So it was fun to talk to today. Uh, we're going to talk to Obina and Achille Killen first, and then later on we're going to talk to Gorn. But I started out just asking how you've adjusted to this new life, this new way, how things have gone since everything's different now. you got to practice with masks. you got to do things a little bit different, and it's been an adjustment, especially since the season – ended abruptly, and then you had so much time away from each other, and finally you get to come back and sort of get into sort of a rhythm here. And so here's Abina talking about that with us earlier today. Well, he's been he's been going good, you know, starting from like the 
the beginning of my years. You know, now it's not high school normal where, you know, you can score anytime. You know, there's a lot of guys over here now that's like stronger and faster and, you know, same height that, that can shoot, you know. You know, before, you know, I was like a short blocker, you know, I could just jump a little bit and block the show, but now I got to jump, you know, extra higher. So I'm just, you know, trying to, you know, pull my head down and learn the system. And, you know, like right now, he's been he's been going good because I've been, you know, learning, you know, some of the plays and some of the way they play defense because he's so much different from, from you know, high school. And, and over here. So I'm just, you know, putting my head down to figure out, you know, the system before everything. You've been adjusting. Yeah, I've been adjusting. Has the challenge, has the challenge been a nice distraction for you then with all the, the COVID and pandemic stuff that you guys have been going through as oh, well? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Because, you know, over here, you know, it's like new guys. And over here, like the, the guys over here, my teammate, we are all cool. You know, everybody's you know, for each other and, you know, people like Jared and Tay and uh, Andrew and the other seniors, you know, they, you know, they have guided me to, you know, be a better player, if you get what I mean. Like, you know, if there are some things I don't understand, they come up to me and they be like, you know, don't do it this way, you got to do it this way. You know, this way going to work in college, you know, and this way is going to work. And, yeah, they've been, uh, they've been mentoring me. Through it. Obina, for you, I, you know, I've got to ask, your energy level was so high in high school. Oh, it's still going to be the same thing in college, too. That's, it don't matter. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though, to get in this system. Is this the perfect fit for you? Because it's Dan, Dan's system is high energy, and, and you've always brought that at Chapmanville, too. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to be the same thing. And even in practice, it's still the same thing, you know, with, you know, with Jared and Tay and, uh, and, and Darius, you know, we all are like, you know, high energy guys. So, you know, me seeing them doing that, you know, that, that don't stop me from not doing it. So I'm still going to be the same, the same guy that is all over the court and, and everywhere. Where do you see yourself fitting in this year? Uh, well, um, it's kind of like, I'm right now. I've been working on my shot, and like in practice, I can see like it's going good. So now I'm seeing myself as a stretch four, as a three or stretch four that you know can stretch the floor, can set pick and roll, can shoot threes, and he's been successful for me um, over here. So you know, over in high school, you know, I wasn't that much of a three point shooter, but now my three point shot has got better because um, the coaching staff they've done a good job, you know, showing like you know, showing me some stuff I was, I'm doing wrong and make me correct those stuff. And the correction has like, I've seen a lot of improvements. I've, you know, I could make, you know, more shots that I couldn't before. How about, you know, for you, high school, you always had all those fans there, but you know, in this pandemic, you may not have fans. Has that entered your mind that you might be playing basketball in a silent arena? Uh, hopefully we have more fans there. Hopefully, you know, we have more fans because, you know, I'm a kind of guy that, you know, draws energy also from the fans too, you know. So, you know, I don't like playing in like, you know, just a quiet court. You always want to play where, where there's a lot of fans because that's when, that's when games changes. That's when, you know, once the fans get into it, that's when you can see like game changes all the time, you know, 
from one fan screaming and the other one screaming and like the momentum changed. So I would really love for there to be like fans. For you, I know that you're, you know, you love the defensive side of the ball. You, you've loved shot blocking for a long time. And I've got to ask, with your leaping ability and Tay's leaping ability, have you all come together yet in practice? Ooh, well, yeah, we'll try to see how high we can jump. Well, who? He's something else now. <laughs> he's he's something else. He's something else. I mean, he he got me bit. I ain't gonna lie, he got me bit. I mean, yeah, we can all jump high, but he he's up there. <laughs> well, the the defensive energy. I know that off, offensive energy and dance system is critical. But do you feel like as a young guy, you can bring that defensive energy and sort of turn practice up a little bit? Um, um, yeah, yeah, because like. So over here, like, you know, the defense we play in Chapmanville is, you know, switch and roll. But over here, like, there's a there's a certain way you got to play. You got to play, like, nail, leap, and slot and stuff like that. I you know, I didn't learn all that in high school. But now that I'm getting to learn that now, I know, you know, where to position myself to be a good shot blocker for the team. So those are th- that, that is the things now I've, I've been learning, you know, if I'm, if I'm the 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 um, the nail the, the the guy on the nail, I should be active on the hand, and that was what I wasn't doing in high school that much, using my length. And now I see that like my length now could help in the defensive end. So I'm trying to you know use my talent and you know the system and join it together to you know be a good defender. I know we talked about. Um... You know, the local presence, obviously, Jared's an in-state guy. You look before him, John Elmore was an in-state guy. Uh, you got Devin on the team with you, too. I mean, there, there's so many guys from in-state, but especially for, for your all's area, for you, David, and, and uh, Devin. You know, Logan County's been hit pretty hard by this pandemic over the last few months. What's it like for you all to sort of represent early in the season and sort of give those people something to look forward to? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, you know, it is awesome. Because, you know, if you look at over here, me, me, David, you know, we, we're doing this for them because, you know, without that community, you know, there won't be no Obina or no David Early. You know, without the people, the fans coming to support us, there won't be us. I mean, it's just going to be like an empty gym, you know. If you, like, come to, like, the, the arena and you see, you come watch Logan and Chuck movies, like, a, I mean, it is crazy. It's like a college football game, like a college rivalry football game. I mean, so I think, you know, us coming together and us, you know, coming over here, that, that can unite the people and give them hope. You know, I know this um, this pandemic is, you know, killing a lot, a lot of people, you know, giving a lot of people like a long-term illness. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, by God grace, this will be over and, you know, they will come watch us. You know, the same two people that is, you know, bumping heads, you know, there'll be one and we're going to play together. There you have it, a very hopeful Obina and Achille Killen. Thundering Herd basketball continuing preparations when the season begins. Anyone's guess, all I do know is December 31st is the official start of the conference season at La Tech. When we continue, we're going to carry on with our basketball conversation. Goran Miladinovic. He'll be joining us on the program next here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. 
Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're continuing on with today's edition of The Drive. It's Thursday, October 29th. Welcome back. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Paul Swan, your host here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't forget, coming up tonight, it's the Doc Holiday Show, followed by Thursday Night Football featuring the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. Keep it locked right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. As I mentioned earlier, we are talking basketball today. Had a chance to catch up with a couple of players as uh, practice continues. Thundering Herd getting set for the upcoming season. When that begins, uh, your guess is good as mine. I have a good idea, but that's going to change tomorrow. It's going to change the next day, and it's going to change the next day. So until there is an actual schedule out, and then until I'm actually either here at the studio for the pregame or at the arena for the pregame, it doesn't matter where I'm going to be. As long as I'm getting there ready for a broadcast, it's official. But until then, we just don't know. But that's where we're at right now. Everything's a little different. It's been something you have to make an adjustment to. And that's where I started when we were asking questions of Goran Milodinovich earlier this afternoon. I kind of wanted to get a feel from him as well, how things have been progressing. How's he adjusting to what this, I don't want to say new reality is, new normal. I don't want to say it, but the current situation, how he's been adjusting and how he's progressing through the current situation. Yeah, well, um, it's definitely a lot different than it was last year, uh, but I think we're adapting pretty well and uh, in respecting all the all the protocols and like wearing masks everywhere and even during the practice, it's definitely hard, but like uh, we're doing a pretty good job at it. Adjusting to it all. So yeah. other than you know, a little safer about things, has anything really changed as far as uh, how you guys uh, well, we still practice the same. Everything's everything like kind of normal, except like that we have to uh, social distance and wear masks and like clean everything up. Uh, but I guess we're we're still practicing the same as last season. Goran, for you, you know, talk about this entire. COVID-19 experience. I know that, that travel was limited. Did you stay in Huntington the entire time of the pandemic? Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't get to go home this summer. Um, I visited my family in uh, Milwaukee for uh, a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I had to stay. I had to stay here uh, the whole summer, like since the corona started until now. Until now. How difficult is that? I mean, you know, you don't get to go home. A lot of people are worried about being able to go out to eat and, you know, do the little things. But but you've basically been away from your family for, you know, the last 12 months since you arrived at Marshall, haven't you? Yeah. Well, I guess I there's nothing for me to do, you know. Like, I just have to adopt. <laughs> What did you work on? I know that Marshall was basically a pretty empty campus uh, for the most part uh, during the shutdown, but you were here. What were you able to do during your time uh, time to yourself? And, and you know, did you work on basketball, or was it more uh, you know academic stuff? How'd you how'd you take that on? Well, there was uh, nothing much we could do. Uh, 
when the when they cut out our season and everything, uh, I was running a little bit at the Ritter Park, and then um, we found a, a couple of uh, like outside basketball courts. So Marco and I used to practice there the whole summer, but um, other than that, it was basically nothing. Just <laughs> sitting in our rooms. What have you uh, maybe learned about yourself and learned about this? You know this this year's team throughout the pandemic here so far. Well, uh, I guess uh, that I have to uh, be mentally tough to be able to do all this, and uh, of course uh, I get homesick homesick sometimes, but like I got used to it. So uh, I guess the the biggest part is missing my family, of course. So I'm just trying to make the best out of it, you know, and uh, looking forward to seeing them as, as soon as I can. How, how have you and Marco really leaned on each other during this time? And have you all grown closer due to, I mean, basically you had each other. Uh, you had each other when you came here, and especially during this, it seemed like you all had to lean on each other that much more. Yeah, well, of course, like we're – we're really close and like we basically know everything about each other. We're, we've been living together for three years now and uh, uh, it's definitely good to have someone uh, you know and you can rely on next to you and someone like a good friend like Marco, you know. We had a chance to ask some of the players uh, a couple of days ago uh, their thoughts about maybe playing basketball with no fans in the stands. Have you kind of processed that thought and and are prepared to play as if no one's going to be there watching you guys? Yeah, well, that's definitely going to be different. And um, it's going to be tough because we're used to having a lot, uh, a lot of people cheering for us and a big crowd, you know. Like, I don't think other schools are going to be as, uh, as damaged as us because that's, like, basically our sixth player defense, you know. So hopefully, like, we get to some kind of solution where we're allowed to have some fans. but. Uh, yeah, I hope I hope we'll we'll be able to to have a, some support at least, you know. Gordon, how happy are you just to just to be around the team again? I know that you all had to social distance a bunch, and and individual workouts sort of took over uh, the mainstay of the pandemic. Was it a big relief once you're able to sort of do some five on five work and and just have everybody around you again? Oh yeah, it was it was such a good good feeling and a relief you know it sucked because like even even uh when the whole team came here we had to like self-isolate we're not we're not supposed to like hang out with each other and everything but now it's like it's much better to to be able to uh practice five on five and like play finally you know after i don't know how many months what have you worked on the most with your game? I know that you had a lot of downtime. What have, what have you really honed in on this offseason to try and improve your game? Well, um, I was really trying to improve my skills and, in, in like, uh, my, uh, change my shooting form because I've been shooting really bad and uh, working my dribbling a lot, you know. It's just a different game now, like, where – even bigs have to be able to shoot and uh, and dribble. So that's what I worked on the most. Bigs have got to shoot. Bigs have got to dribble. Goran Miladinovic will have more 
throughout the week, and uh, we're leading up to basketball season. We don't know the non-conference slate just yet, but we do know December 31st, January 2nd, the herd at La Tech, and then back here in Huntington for the start of conference play January 7th and January 9th on the home side of things. Again, the schedule looks like this. La Tech on the road, home and away with Western Kentucky at FIU, at Old Dominion, and at Rice, home against Charlotte, home also against FAU, Middle Tennessee, and North Texas. So that's the schedule for the Thundering Herd. We will continue on with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up tonight on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930, there's no Herd game this week, but there is a Doc Holiday show, and that comes up 7 o'clock. Followed by Thursday Night Football, the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. Stay right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So we all know the Thundering Herd not in action tomorrow. No chance of a makeup date. We're just going to have to wait and see. We've got a couple of weeks after the end of the regular season. Of course, I, I don't anticipate playing on the 28th, November so we've got those two dates coming up. I think the league's going to try to make sure that FIU is one of those makeup dates and Rice is the other because, well, Marshall hasn't had to travel much. And it needs to put the herd on the road just to, just to keep it fair, right? And, of course, Rice has got to come. Rice has got to come to Huntington. They're going to have an open date. And so Thundering Herd will get those games back. I do believe, don't hold me to that. But I'm surprised, and I've, I've seen the yells for it. I've seen, I've, I've seen your cries. Nebraska can't play Chattanooga. There was a push. Have that as a replacement game for Wisconsin. So I've seen the cries. Hey, put the herd on the schedule, Chattanooga. Let's make it happen. Now you got me going back to the Southern Conference days, you know, when Marshall would take on the MAC, and before that it was the Mox and Chattanooga, and you know, I'm, I'm reminiscing here now. I'm, they're even blending Southern Conference MAC. It's it's all blending because you had the MAC, Southern Conference, back to the MAC. It's one big blur for a long time. Herd fans, and I was there. I was there in the last day. See, I'm getting to that point now. I'm going to be telling the stories. Yes, I was there. I was there when the herd played the mocks at Fairfield Stadium. I was there. I knew Dave Walsh. I'm going to be saying that story like 40 years from now. If I get that far, I knew Dave Walsh, young thundering herd quarterback. I'm going to be telling. I don't know. I'm I'm waiting to ascend to my throne of being. Um, as highly regarded as Woody Woodrum, or just being old. I don't know which, but I'm not there yet. I'm way, way too far away from that just yet. But still, I'm flashing back here because uh, I, I enjoyed those days. And that's the thing that misses the mark a lot. After more time has passed, you're going to think back and, and go, how could you ever imagine a season not playing Middle Tennessee or not playing Western Kentucky, 
maybe Charlotte, maybe Old Dominion. How, how could you imagine not having those schools on the schedule? You know, while some people fondly reminisce for Ohio and Toledo and Miami of Ohio and still others, uh, I miss those days of Appalachian State. But Chattanooga, there's an open date here. Get the herd on the schedule, right? I don't know how you turn that around so quickly. I mean, that's the thing. I know there's a lot of cries for, hey, play those play those games. But how do you turn that stuff around so quickly? I mean, Marshall, when it was officially known that the team wouldn't be playing FIU, what do you do? Do you start looking around like, hey, who can we play in, in a few days? Or do you go, okay, that's going to be made up. We're just going to pause here, regroup, retool, get everybody ready, and we're going to start getting ready for the next game and the next game. I mean, what do you do here in that situation? I mean, that's the thing. It's been crazy with the turnaround here, trying to put games together real quick. And, of course, yeah, this is a road game for the Thundering Herd. So I'm sure Marshall's not necessarily thinking, you know, we, we need to – we, we can wait. We'll wait to see what the conference does. I would try to find a home game if I, if I could. And, of course, this has worked out because the Herds travel twice. That's it. The Herds travel twice. you got to get one more. That would be FIU if that game gets rescheduled because it's, it's marked as postponed right now. It's postponed until the league figures out what to do. And even then, will they be ready? Will they be able to play? I mean, that's the big – that's the question right there. That's the big question is – you know, will some of these schools be ready to play? Will this continue and linger on? And you hope that's not the case. You hope that by quarantining, you've isolated players, and you, you've stopped football activity, that you can regroup. But you've got a, a long way to go there. And you're not going to be exactly 100% when you take the field for the first time since all of this as well. And that's the that's the dilemma right now here in Conference USA, and of course across the country here. Some have been better at it than others. Marshall's kept it clean, as far as the program's concerned. The herd has been near spotless. I haven't heard of anything, uh, not even under the radar. It's been pretty clean, and that's across the board. And everything that has um, taken place so far seems to be working. Of course. That's what we see on the surface, and hopefully that's the case. But legitimately, it looks like everything's good with the herd. That's not the question. The concern is, you know, will this continue on? Will all of a sudden you look at the schedule and you go, okay, can you get that next game in and the next and the next? Because we're looking at a schedule where you're hoping that Charlotte's good. You, you hope that they're good. You hope Middle's good, right? You hope UMass is good. You hope you can get Rice back. You're hoping all of that happens, and unfortunately for the Thundering Herd, it's wait and see. You're, you're basically playing this one game at a time, one week at a time, with all these schedule mishaps right now. And again, it's because some programs are doing everything in, it's, in their power, in, in the program's power to do this correctly and still it's not enough 
And, of course, let's be honest, FIU is in a, a different environment than, say, Marshall. It's a different world, apples and oranges, as far as geography is concerned. It might not be as easy. And then again, maybe the program's not as strict. Maybe the kids are not taking it as serious. I can't say. It's not for me to say. But that could be a possibility. These kids are not taking it seriously and not understanding. Or there's just been a bad outbreak and they couldn't control it. Because after all, you've heard these kids talk. And that's why I like playing these interviews for you. You've heard these kids talk and they're talking about things they can't do. Can't hang out with these guys. They can't do this. If somebody you know needs a ride, necessarily can't be you because you've got to keep your distance. You can't necessarily interact with these guys. So you have to follow protocol when you're practicing. And so that's where we're at right now, and these kids are making that sacrifice. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't forget, coming up tonight, it's going to be the Doc Holiday Show. We'll have that 7 o'clock then. It'll be Thursday night football. Atlanta Falcons at Carolina Panthers. You can catch that broadcast at 8 o'clock. Coming up right here at ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.